good morning to a very sunny Coventry uh, for a change and we are creating another Toyota that will go on the uh, the van behind. So here we are. How are we doing mate? All right? Ah, here hey. we are. Working. How are we doing mate? All right. <laughs> Fine, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Good, this, good morning to you. Good morning. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent mug choice there. Ex excellent. Superb. <laughs> So uh, the, the 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 last time we chatted was was a while ago when we created the the Mustang, uh, which has been one of the most successful drawings I've then put on merchandise and mugs. And yes, also. there it is. But the next <laughs> the next project is the silver Toyota that is behind me, the Pro Ace, the Pro Ace van City, that is a long termer from Lister's Toyota, is very silver at the moment, and that it needs, is, isn't it? Needs to not be silver. It needs to look a little bit more like that. Yes. That's much more funkier. That is much more what I do. So we're going to turn that into that, and uh, and you, you're going to help me with that with a, with a Toyota story um, about <laughs> the the cars that you've have owned over the years. Yeah, that, I've got a few stories for Toyota, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I've spotted that. So let's just flip the camera around. Obviously, this is the mobile studio that you saw at Bista. That's uh, right. It's evolved ago. a little. It's evolved a little bit. It has then. evolved. I've now yeah. got a more. I've got a now permanent, more permanent seat, and we've now got electrics and lights and all sorts inside of it as well. Wow, that is amazing. So yeah, it's incredible. You've crammed so much into that little car. That's incredible. There's somebody quite familiar on the screen. <laughs> there I am. There you are. There you are. Right. So we're going to run around to the other side. Plug the phone in. Uh -huh. And uh, and in the meantime, whilst I'm, I'm faffing about with wires and whatnot, mm -hmm. um, you can just kind of in introduce yourself and we'll go from there. Oh, cool. Thanks very much. I am Shazad Sheikh. I am the brown car guy. I've been a motoring journalist for well over 30 years. Worked extensively in the Middle East and the UK across pretty much all the platforms, print, digital, media, uh, radio, television, everything really. Uh, right now, I'm basically freelancing and doing brown car guys. So you can find me, anybody watching, you can find me on all the channels related to that. So just search for brown car guy uh, and you'll find me on pretty much on every platform, YouTube, uh, internet, and all of the social media channels as well. Uh, basically, I review cars. I write about cars. I love cars. I do videos on cars. That's uh, what it's all about. That's what my life is revolved around. <laughs> there we are. That is an excellent introduction. I've, I've hopefully now faffed around enough to make the. Hopefully, you can see the, the sketch pad and you can see the see the iPad and see the sketch pad. Yeah, I can see everything. Yeah, you can see good. That is awesome. Excellent. I've hit the time lapse on as well, so we're all we're all working. Right, I'm going to run around to the passenger seat and then we'll uh, we'll crack on. There we are. There we are. Excellent. Hopefully you can you can hear me well. Oh, I can hear you brilliantly. Yeah, perfectly. The the, the acoustics in this this uh, car are quite good. So, no, they're uh, not bad. No, they're not, not bad, bad at all. Because, I've got yeah. I've got I've got the picture up on my screen as well, um, just behind me. But uh, that picture, that photo that you have, that was actually done with a film camera, and for some reason at that point in time. I was shooting with uh, black and white sepia film. So right. that's why the car appears like that. But it was actually, it was a two-tone uh, color and it was sort of a, a light sky blue uh, on the upper part and yeah. a sort of darker uh, blue on the lower part. And uh, I think I sent you a picture for reference of the same <laughs> color scheme that, uh, that I actually had on my car. 
I've got. I've literally just just flipped it onto my uh, onto my onto, onto, onto. I've got it on the uh, on the iPad here. I'll I'll, I'll bring it onto the screen. In a minute. So so what? Yeah. What kind of um kind of piqued my interest really was I was just kind of scrolling through on socials and and then the, you know, recently you 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 yeah. kind of posted up a picture of you with it with a Land Cruiser. And that's I was right. Like, that's perfect. I was like, this, 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 yeah. I was yeah. like, that's well, that's cool because yeah, like you mentioned earlier, you you you've, you've worked out in the middle east you work in the uk as well so yeah. so really you've got a kind of massive but yeah the, the, the car cultures in in those two places are, are so different it's oh yeah out in the uae the, yeah. no, the normal cars yeah are, are something that you'll never get in the uk and yeah. so your kind of land cruisers and stuff are, are kind of the yeah they're almost like the mondeo of the of the uae really aren't they i mean they are legends I mean, basically, you have two cars out in the Middle East, which are absolutely the legends. And then it's the Land Cruiser and it's the Nissan Patrol. Yeah. And to an extent, I think the Land Cruiser probably edges it a little bit because historically, you know, uh, just as here in the UK, we envisaged the original Land Rover Series 1 or Defender, you know, roaming around the world. The reality is that if you go to everywhere in the world, the deepest, darkest deserts, wherever, whether they're in the Middle East or in Africa or whatever, you will inevitably find a Land Cruiser, you know, in whatever state it might be in. I mean, I have seen Land Cruisers. So if you go to the UAE, for example, if you go over to the East Coast to Russell, uh, to uh, um, uh, uh, what's down there, just go to the East Coast. Uh, down there, there's a community of fishermen. And uh, what they do is um, they take the nets out to sea uh, every morning. They catch the fish, they bring them in. Then they have cars that actually pull them in from the beach. And the cars that they're using are actually ancient, ancient, you know, <laughs> uh, land cruisers that basically are completely rotted through because they spend their entire, that's all they do. They just sit on the beach. They completely rotted through. There's holes in them and everything. But every day they'll start up and every day they'll pull in these holes of fish and they'll just keep on doing that. They're, they're never used on the road. They're only ever used on the beach. And, and that's what they do. But... I tell you, in the Middle East, for Toyota, Toyota as a brand, uh, it has a very different perception to how it may have done uh, or, may, or may have it here in the UK. It is absolutely regarded as you know, one of the go-to brands if you want something that is reliable, robust, will never let you down and will always get the job done. Yeah. Well, here are some of the, the previous Toyotas that I've done as part of this project as well. So we're now up to... 828 in the series wow and um, so uh there's the there's an mr2 that was done last night awesome for the pop-up headlines second, second gen one yeah cool yeah and then we've got the uh the the series three landing yeah there um and then we did the the not the new 90 v8 was done yeah as well um and then we've got the aston martin van cool. Uh, in the in the Dunlop livery, the JMW Motorsport um, one as well. So a few variants. It was, that's what I love about this project is every day I'm drawing different, you know, race cars, road cars, but they've all got a story behind them, which is what I what I love about it. So, um, so yeah. So the most recent one that was with Jared last night, yeah. uh, who's a young motoring uh, folk journalist. Uh -huh. um, so that was that was his MR2. Um, so yeah. So, so we've got a few. We've got GT86. We've got the the Rally Yaris here. Yeah. Um, they got the, the, the GRM. Uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, then we've got the Supra. That's also, also yeah. here. There's a, there's a, a print of, of, that, oh, wow. of, of it as a, 
So this is on a on a metal print. Wow, uh, that looks awesome. Um, and then, yeah, you've got the world endurance cars as well. And then, yeah, um, I mean, people people don't realize what a sporting heritage Toyota has as well. You know, hence oh. vehicles like you know the rally vehicles, the the the, the little Toyota uh, Yaris, as you mentioned, the GR, the A86, or uh, the original A86, now the GT86 or FT86, depending where in the world you are when it comes to that car the Supra, and like you say, you know, the World the world Racing Series as well. I mean, it's incredible what they've achieved. Yeah, and, and then this is a mock-up of how the van might look. So you might be able to see that on the screen. So you've got yeah. the, the Supra and the, and the GI Yaris either side of it as paintings. And the plan is on the roof, uh, have on the back and on the roof is have the, the drawings. So the drawings and, and on, onto the roof, the drawings will go. And predominantly, I want those to be Toyotas, particularly on the back. Uh, yeah, but also, well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you, you don't don't put don't put any Nissans on there because they <laughs> they won't like that. I might do that like a Where's Wally way. If, yeah, can you, yeah, yeah. Can you spot the uh, the, the non uh, the non Toyota in that lot? Um, and yeah, that'll be so. As I say the roof panel will have will you know also feature a whole a whole you know, amount of art artworks on there as well. Uh, so that's, that's awesome. That, yeah, behind it. So we're gonna we're gonna draw. Uh, one of one of the images that you sent over of your uh, uh, yeah from your Toyota history as it were. So yeah, we had a yeah. you know, brief chat about the, the the Land Cruiser there. So I mean I, I absolutely love these. I mean my my wife Taz she also yeah. grew up in the Middle East and there's quite a lot uh -huh. of, of 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 sort of her and her dad's cars like his yeah. next to his cars in a in kind of a, a similar manner. And I, th I think because out there you know the, the exchange rate and the 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 um, you can get into pretty some pretty good brands at a much reduced cost compared to the UK. So I think he had yeah. he had a Chevrolet something or other. You were saying, yeah. like, well, Capri I, maybe a Caprice Classic. Caprice Classics were very very popular back in the yeah, day. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I, mm. I know I know they had they they had like a big American car whilst they were out there. Cause, yeah, cause that it must be it must be a Caprice Classic then. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, because um, oh, that, that was because you mentioned earlier the Ford Mondeo of the Middle East. I would say the Ford Mondeo of the Middle East. In the eighties, was the Caprice Classic Chevrolet Chevrolet Caprice Classic, and it's absolutely solid. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So because she also grew up in um, in Jeddah. So uh, right so, there you go. There you go. So so my my Toyota story actually starts in in, in Jeddah. Um, if if I can tell that story. Of course. So, yeah. I'll just, so when I was yeah, go split brown, so that um, I, yeah. now this is a reference point. That's yeah. That's the color scheme of my car. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna, but I'm gonna do that image. Yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. I'll, I'll attempt to draw you in it as well because I really love. Oh, wicked! <laughs> I, I, really, I really like you, kind of perched on the on the yeah. uh, on on the bonnet there. So I'll I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. I'll do my best. Yeah, I'll t I'll talk about that car in a minute because I love that car. But I'll go back to my 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 Jeddah story, my childhood story, and that actually relates to um, a very dear uncle of mine. So basically, my dad was, my family was never into cars, um, but I found an uncle there who was, was really into his cars. And he was a crazy driver. In, on the streets of Jeddah, he was like a demon. You know, he would cut in out of traffic. He was on the accelerator all the time. I, think, I don't think he knew what the brake pedal was at all, you know. And um, for a while, he had volunteered to drop us to do the school runs for us, you know, so he would drop us to school. Um, and so every morning we would be blasting to school. It was Minara Jeddah School in Jeddah that I used to go to at that time. And he would be blasting to school in his, in his Toyota Corolla. Now he had a Toyota Corolla 
but the fastback hatchback version, which is quite rare. So it has a long, long bonnet, it's rear wheel drive, and it has a fastback hatchback at the, at, the, at the back of it. And it was quite a striking thing. It had quite a presence about it. His was cream white, and uh, he had put uh, stickers of three birds on the bonnet. So his car was distinctive. Like in the whole of Jeddah, you knew it was his car sort of thing, you know. <laughs> when you and, said, uh, you like, kind of like, you know, kind of fly, I presume flying birds, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So they were, they were, they were cut out silhouettes in black of birds in flight. And he had basically placed them on the bonnet. And that kind of personalized, you know, it was like my first experience of somebody personalizing their car and, <laughs> and giving, it, giving it its own identity. So, so that was quite extraordinary. So that really stuck, struck a chord with me. And also the fact that he was just a nutter driver, which I just used to love going to school and being picked up every day uh, with him in that car. And this was a humble, you know, what would today be considered a humble Toyota Corolla. But he used to drive the wheels off that thing. It was absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have seen some of, the, yeah, some of those videos you see on YouTube of those, you know, when they do the kind of the sliding cars. And mm. yeah, <laughs> you did see some interesting videos from the, from the UAE. Yeah, that was, that was a more recent development. That's called Hajwala. And it's, uh, it could be loosely described as freestyle drifting. Um, so it's not, it's not technically drifting, because drifting is where you're actually in control of the car and you're, you're trying to uh, do certain things with it, like clipping points and whatever. But that's freestyle drifting. So that's basically kind of losing control and then regaining it you know, on, a, on, a, on a public highway. Not to be encouraged or condoned in any way whatsoever. <laughs> but, but, uh, and also quite dangerous. So some of those videos you may not want to. There should be an advisory on them, I'll, I'll just say. But yeah. uh, that's a more recent development. So that's the kind of thing that's taken off there. But again, it's testimony to how good the cars are configured. They were, mostly they were Toyotas in the earlier videos. More recently, if you watch the later videos, they now seem to be Hyundais. I think they're Hyundai Sonatas that they tend to use quite a lot of. But they were using Camrys and things like that before. But the Corolla, if you, if you look at the 80s Corolla, um, I, I remember one time I did a survey of, of, um, of, of sort of Asian people about what's the best car in the world. And it was quite bizarre because the 1982 Corolla kept coming up. That's the, <laughs> that's the square box one, if you remember it. It's got the round headlights. It's quite yeah. a square box, three box design, you know. And um, it's, it was rear wheel drive, that car. Uh, and if you think about it, that is almost like the BMW E30 of the East, if you see what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's kind of like it's a car that they could get. They liked it because they could get into it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like a fortune to run. It was... Yeah. And there was loads of them. There was loads of them. They were solid. They were very strong. They were very robust. They were rear-wheel drive. And because of that, even now, if you go to some parts, I mean, in, for example, if you go to Pakistan, there's still plenty of them running around. If you go to the Middle East, in some parts of the Middle East, in the drift culture, in the proper drift culture, they're very popular. Because, again, they're, they're rear-wheel drive. They can be tuned up. You can stick other engines in them. Inevitably, you know, 2JZ two, two engine in there, whatever you... You know, and, and off you go drifting in it, you know. So those cars have got such an incredible following. The, the Corolla heritage is, is amazing. Uh, and then, of course, also, um, if your wife grew up in, in, in Jeddah, she will also remember, we talked about the Caprice Classic, but the sort of other Mondeo of the Middle East at the time was the Toyota Cressida, which was the precursor of the, um, of the Camry. Um, by the way, all of Toyota's names are related to some kind of aspect of royalty. Um, so Cressida, Crown, Camry, and all this sort of stuff. 
um, it's 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 kind of strange how they do that. But um, so so for example, the Toyota Avalon, I think Avalon relates to the place where Excalibur the sword was forged. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is quite a reach for a title, but there you go. That that that's uh, that's what they try and do. I so, that was written in a press pack somewhere. Like, <laughs> well, I, well, I, well, I, well, I, well, I, a few years ago when I did a review of a of an Avalon in 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 Dubai, and I used my uh, my picture for Instagram, and I photoshopped a sword, I photoshopped a Scalibur into my hand. And I put up a, a, a link saying, you know, what, what's the link between this and this, you know? And uh, surprisingly, quite a few people knew it. They were like, yeah, yeah, that's what that relates to. So there you go. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. Right, like I said, when, when, you, when you have these kind of press packs come through and they're like, right, and this is the story behind the name. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but you know what? I like that. I like that, you know, it's not just a number. I like the fact that, you know, somebody's thought about this. They've, somebody's gone away. They've done some research. They've come up with a story. They've come up with an idea and they've gone, this is why we're calling this car this name. And it has a real name. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, I'm, you into this I, I i love the it, there's, a, there's a there's a nice roll neck you've got on here as well yeah i'm wearing one today as well see just in the <laughs> honor of that <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're recreating that pose <laughs> i'd love to i'd love to get one of those now the thing now okay so the, uh, those cars now if you can find a good one they're 15 16 grand plus possibly even more than that you know that car so going back to that particular car uh, I'd come back to the UK and I was working in a local newspaper and I had always been fascinated with the, uh, the Ford Capri, the 2.8 Ford Capri, you know, particularly because of professionals and, you know, all of that sort of stuff, you know? Yeah. So I had decided, I was probably early mid twenties. That was probably my age at the time, you know? So, you know, and I like cars. So the fact that it was going to cost me an insurer, a bomb in the insurance and and running costs didn't really bother me. I just wanted something cool. I wanted like a mini muscle car. Right. So there's, I wanted to, oh, wow. There's the start of it. <laughs> We're going to get it all reworked. But yeah, we've got yeah. the stick. I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, I should have just got a ruler out and just kind of done the angles. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I'll come to that. That was one of the reasons why I fell for that car. And I like the way you've got, you've really captured the attitude of that car as well. That's brilliant, you know. Um, so, so I was actually at the time saving up to buy a Ford Capri 2.8. I figured I needed about two and a half thousand pounds at that time. Of course, yeah. now you need probably 25,000 pounds to get a good I mean, one of those. I mean, I think a decent Capri now is like 30 odd K, isn't it? So. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, you need 10 times that much now to get one. But at the time, uh, this was in the early 90s, um, I, was, I reckon I needed about two and a half and I was saving up. So I had about two grand at one point in my pocket. You know, and uh, we had a contributor, that, a, a political writer that used to come into the magazine. And uh, one day I just went downstairs with him to see him off sort of thing. We were chatting along the way. We went to the car park and he, and he walks up to this car. And, you know, and he always, he seemed to me to be a very academic, very sober sort of guy, not really ever expressed any interest in cars. And he, and he walks up to this and I'm like, wow, this is your car? And he goes, yeah, yeah. I'm like, wow, I never expected you to have a car like this, you know. And this thing, as you can see, it's got the, the extended wheel arches. It's got the pop-up lights. And if you were able to look inside it, this particular car came with the full option pack. So it had the digital, it had the Knight Rider dashboard. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so you can imagine in the 80s when that used to be a really big deal so it had all the digital spec on it and everything so i looked around his car and i just fell in love with him I'm like i'm really surprised that you've got a car like this and he was like well actually you know i've only bought this car because i was helping out a mate that needed some money and he just needed to sell something so i bought the car and i'm probably going to sell it so you know it just clicked to me then and there i love the look of the car uh, the fact is that I've always been a Lotus Esprit fan, and I th if some people can see on the screen, they can probably see one just next to my hat on the right. The Lotus Esprit S1 is on my shelf behind me. And uh, to me, that was like a surrogate Esprit because it has, like you said, because of the ruler lines, that sharp wedge-shaped body that it's got, um, it's so very, very Lotus, you know? Uh, and in fact, there's more than just the visual link because uh, Toyota owned Lotus at the time. And uh, so a lot of uh, Toyota bits were going into Lotus cars uh, to some extent. And with this particular, uh, uh, they call this the A60 uh, series uh, Supra. So this was, the, this was technically called the Celica Supra. And this was essentially the second in the generation. And they'd come up with this car. The original car, if people go back and find it, doesn't have the extended wheel arches. There was an issue with the handling. And what happened this was when it started sales in America, they immediately found that there was an issue with the handling. Then they went to their partners, Lotus, said, can you do something? Lotus basically worked on the car, fettled it, and the extended wheel arches are as a direct result of the work that Lotus did on the car because um, they widened the track and they made some improvements to it. So to me, that was like, wow, this, I can't own an Esprit, but this is like the next best thing. <laughs> And, so, and it's had the guys who've done the Esprit settle with it a little bit. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's, it's been touched by the hand of Lotus. It's been, it's, it was <laughs> awesome. So, so I just looked at the guy and I said, I'll give you £1,800 for it right now. And he was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so bang went my, my uh, Ford Capri dream. And instead, I picked up one of these. But no regrets. I mean, this, again, was also a 2.8 straight six. Um, you know, by today's standards, nothing, but by then standards, 160 brake horsepower from that straight six, you know, um, yeah. a rear wheel drive, pop-up lights, you know, oh man, what more could a, a, a 20-something want, you know, living in, in central London, driving one of those around? And did, and did you get some looks with it? Because I, mean, I imagine oh. even at the end, yeah, it, it looked very different to what the kind of the, the standard kind of UK car you know like, like like i mean mind you the capri was out so that was a big bonnet you know kind of yeah. that kind of you know saloon you know low slung sports car thing so so did yeah. you get did you get some looks with this car oh very much so i mean like you say i mean the capri would have been nice to have but the capri was definitely a more common car especially at that time than this this was still quite rare even at that time uh so yeah it definitely used to get a lot of looks and in fact to some extent I would say that it started to influence, you know, I mean, you can see me sitting on the car there and you can see that, you know, the, the sort of attitude that it, it's got and it's sort of, you know, that by inference is transferring to me. I, I would say to an extent that it kind of started to dictate how I dressed, you know, how I kind of presented <laughs> myself, which is kind of weird if you think about it, that the car is actually starting to, to, to influence how you project yourself because you have this cool car. But yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it's kind of, yeah, I used to like, you know, I started wearing like, uh, like uh, these uh, wide brimmed hats. I had, a, I, had <laughs> I, I bought a long leather jacket. It was a bit, a bit of a shaft era thing going on there, you know? So <laughs> yes. So all of a sudden, you, yeah, the, the, the car's character became, became you. 
Yeah, so it's kind of, it immediately endows you with a kind of coolness, doesn't it? You go, oh, well, I've got a cool car, so I've got to look the part, sort of thing, you know. <laughs> and so, so what, so in terms of, you know, places you went with it, some stories you, you well, how, you know, what, what, how long did you have it for? I had it for a, a few years. Um, I ended up having to fix the engine once because uh, the cam belt went once, so that wasn't great. That wasn't great news. Uh, but it was always an adventure. I mean, I used to... So, for example, the newspaper that I used to work for, uh, we would typically... It was a weekly newspaper, and typically on those sort of things, understaffed, under-resourced, small newspaper, we would be late for deadline uh, every week. And the offices of that were, were in uh, West London, in a, in, uh, just off Scrubs Lane. And our printer was in East London, in, in, in Bow. And um, in those days... You had to, like, not like today, you had to physically take the newspaper to the printer. And at, at that time, you'd have to do that in bromides. So the task was that you'd finish the newspaper, probably at about one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, you know, with the editor on the phone, with the printer, the printer's going, where's the newspaper? And the guy's, yeah, yeah, he left ages ago. He's on his way, you know, whilst we're still sitting there doing the front page, you know, it's, it's, that, would, that would be the, the typical scenario. And then because somehow I got volunteered for this job to go across London in the middle of the night with a stopover in uh, just off Oxford Street, because in Ox behind Oxford Street, there used to be a place where you would take the, then you'd still have a hard disk, you'd take it there, and then they would create the bromides that the printer would then uh, use to create the newspaper. So I used to grab that hard disk, race into central London in this thing. And again, this is, this is the days before congestion charging and even cameras, you know, race into central London at about, you know, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, uh, spend about 30 minutes whilst they did the bromides at this place in, uh, near Oxford Street, and then race across to East London to the printer. And, you know, without, without, without getting myself into trouble by, 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 you know, confirming what sort of speeds I was doing, I wasn't going slowly. Let's just say that, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, <laughs> you know? You got there. That was amazing. Uh, I got there. You, and if people remember the uh, the uh, the what is it? The A40 Western Avenue that goes down into uh, yeah. towards Euston and Kings Cross and all those areas. Now it, it, you can't do this now, but if you if you can pick if you can visualize that road, it's like a series of traffic lights all the way down. Now there used to be a point where you could catch them all on green if you did a certain speed. <laughs> You actually, you physically can't do it now. So don't, don't go out and attempt it. You just actually can't do it. But at that, at that time, you could. So, so I used to do this that, thing. That became a bit of a challenge. Was that, was that like, that was the... That Basically, was the, yeah. Yeah, that was like, on the days when you did it, you were like, yes, you know, <laughs> got them all on green, you know. So that was pretty awesome. So, um, so yeah, so we used to do this. We always used to be late. So one time I was heading down, I was heading towards East London after visiting, the, after picking up the bromides. And I was heading into Shoreditch. And uh, there was a big, I think they've changed the entire layout of Shoreditch now, but at the time it was, uh, you'd go down, uh, down there and turn right and then left into Commercial Road. I went down there at some, some speed, uh, went into the right, this must have been two o'clock in the morning, and pretty much drifted the car around that corner and then pulled up at the next traffic light, you know, and, and, then, and then thinking to myself, damn, nobody saw that? That was awesome. That was like the perfect drift, you know? <laughs> that was pretty cool. I was feeling really pumped up and I was waiting for the light to go green. I was like, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Turned out somebody had seen it. Because uh, while I was sitting there, a police car rocks up right next to me. And uh, it was one of those old Rover SD1s, one of those cars, you know? 
And uh, he puts his window down and he starts gesturing at me. And I'm like, oh my God, I am so done here. <laughs> I was like, oh, and sort of very slowly, my hand moved over to the electric window switches and I pressed the down button. The window started going down and praise the Lord. At that point, I don't know what had happened, but praise the crime levels in East London because his partner tapped him on the shoulder. The blues and twos went off and they just took off. They obviously had some, a more urgent phone call, a more urgent call had come in and they were like, no, no, we've got to go do that now, you know. So, so yes, yeah, saved, saved, by, saved by some criminal in East London at that particular night. That was a weird thing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, at least, yeah, at least you, you drifted it as well, though. I mean, at least you, yeah. Yeah, to, to, to yourself, at least, you, you yeah. enjoyed Oh, I, I so adored that car. I mean, to be honest, like, like, you know, as I said earlier, there's probably two, well, there's probably three cars in my history, which I would go out and buy today if I could and if I could find good ones. And that Toyota Celica Supra, that, that model is definitely one of them. Uh, the other two probably being the E30 uh, 325i and uh, the Honda uh, CRX, the little Honda CRX. So, but that little, uh, that Supra though, that was, that, was a, that was to me a proper muscle car. And it was literally the stuff that, you know, I mean, we all grow up on a diet of TV shows and, you know, cool, cool, ca cool characters with cool cars, you know. And to me, that's what that car was. You know, it, it made you feel like, a, a, like, a, like an action hero in a TV show. That's what you felt like in that car. You know, I almost wanted to slide over the bonnet sometimes. <laughs> yeah, the, the authentic look. Yeah. I, yeah. Even, I, I even got a picture shot. Uh, a it's a really bad picture, but it's a picture shot at night with me standing behind the car, you know, in the black jacket with the headlights on. I was trying to go for the sort of the, um, the equalizer look, you know. Uh... <laughs> and, 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 yeah, so, so in terms of... After this ownership, so this ownership was a, a. So did you then sell this on? What 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 came after this car? Oh man, seriously, that now you're going to make me cry because it was kind of tragic a little bit because uh, obviously, like you know, a young guy with not much money, obviously paying for the insurance and running costs as best as I could. I paid for an engine rebuild as well at one point. I think if I remember correctly, that cost me six hundred quid. Um, what I hadn't realized, especially because I was doing these runs to the printers, and then I used to go back the next morning and print up, pick up the subscription copies, um, I was putting quite a lot of wear and tear onto the back of the car. The tailgate, and anybody that's owned this car or owned Toyotas of that era will probably identify with me on this, the tailgate had started to rust through. Um, and I was just doing bodged repairs on it to try and keep the water out. But what I didn't realize is they hadn't been working. And the water had been going right through the tailgate into the floor pan at the back and under the carpet. Yeah. Basically, it had started to dissolve the floor. So when it came to one point, it came to MOT time. And it was like, the guy was like, no, you have to rebuild the back of this car. You know, and I was like, oh, there's just no way. I, you know, and, and the, the irony is that today it would be worth it. You know, yeah. the, I mean, the value, the value of that, that car. That's exactly what happened to my Chevette. So yeah. the Chevette, my uncle... Oh, my uncle had it, you know, from new. He kept it running, and it got to a point that the problem was that the how the car was designed, the rain guttering essentially yeah. ran straight into the the seal of the boot. Yeah. So the rainwater, when he opened, yeah, when it rained, and he opened the boot, yeah. the water just trickled straight in yeah. to the boot where yeah. the spare wheel was. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Wheel was just became like a collecting well. Yeah. Water. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, they really didn't design these cars considering these aspects of the time, did they? But, and of course, nowadays, again, the other advantage you have is that if you need, so for example, if I could have found a tailgate for the car at that time, and don't forget that the, this, this model car, this Celica Supra was quite a rare car in the UK today, but even at that time, if I could have found a tailgate, I could have replaced that and I could have solved it. I could have you know, beaten off that problem ahead of time. But this is the days before the internet. You know, and I remember, I remember going through the yellow pages and ringing around a bunch of you know, uh, salvage places and secondhand parts dealers and stuff like that. You know, and I just couldn't find, nobody had one. You know, nobody had one. Uh, and I'm sure like today, probably in 10 minutes, I could jump on the internet and probably find one on eBay or, or even if it was on the other side of the world, you, know, you, you could probably find one. You know? yeah. But at that time, you just couldn't. You know? So um, it would have involved expensive repairs yeah, I mean, I kicked myself because I should have done, I should have spent the money and I should have got it fixed, but I didn't. Um, so ultimately, that car was an MOT failure, but everything on the car worked. The engine and everything was good. So I put it up for sale and I got approached by a guy who basically had bought a, a similar one of these, pretty much exactly one of these, um, but he'd bought it over from Europe. The bodywork on it was fantastic and it was left-hand drive, but the engine and gearbox were shot. So basically, he wanted to buy my car because my engine and gearbox were great. And he said, I'm, I'm, and, and also he wanted to convert that to right-hand drive. So he right. said, basically, I'm going to take all of the stuff from in your car and put it in my car because his, his body of his car was perfect and, um, and basically have one whole car that works. So to me, that actually, and I think I probably sold it for a grand, maybe 1,200 pounds at most, something like that. I mean, basically, the, the value of the engine and the gearbox, you know, um, yeah. which again, People watching now going, man, that car is worth 16, 17, 18 grand. Be like, what? You know? but, uh, but at the time, I was quite pleased with the deal. I was like, well, I got some money out of it. And it's kind of going to live on because part of it will live on in another car. So yeah. I think a couple of years ago, I did a search. And I think there are only about maybe 30 of these on the road now in the UK. So I kind of hope that you know, part of my car is still out there uh, <laughs> yeah. running around. I'd like to think so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, you know, could have, would have, should have with all the cars that we've owned, we're like, well, if we kept that car, if we kept that car, but you know, that's just not going to be possible, is it? Yeah. But amazing memories on that car, you know, and that was my proper, you know, all action hero car. That was, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the, what was the next purchase after that? What, 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 what did that go into? I think that was the uh, the three two five i. That was after that was the e thirty. So I mean, you had to have something good to to uh, to beat that one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so, uh, so that was it. Yeah, and of course that was another awesome car that you know has a lot of great memories. And again, I'd, I'd get another one of those definitely. But there was something about this Supra. I mean, there was something about this Toyota. And of and of course, you know, it was my fault that the that I'd let the cam belt go. But other than that, it never had any not what not. It had a lot of electronics on it. it. Had a lot of digital dashboard. The seat itself was powered, the driver's seat, and it was one of those seats where you could never quite get comfortable because there were so many different. Uh, you know, this is back. If you think about it, this is a, it was a 1984 car. It had powered front seats that could move in multiple directions, like so many directions. It was really difficult to actually get comfortable in it. And this was all the way back then, so it was so far ahead of its time. You know, and of course, everything always worked on the car. It was absolutely incredible. I did some, we did some charity work as part of the newspaper. This was during the time when there was that, the, the, the situation in Bosnia. 
And so we did some charity work with some uh, Bosnian refugees. We, they were doing a dinner event and stuff like that. And at the, at the end of the event, I, I volunteered to drop some of the ladies uh, uh, back home because they'd been doing the cooking and stuff like that. And they were all, they, you know, they were all freaking out because they were like, what is this? I managed to, because it does have back seats, you know, so I managed to squeeze two of them into the back seat. Then bit, one is the like driver's the, seat. The GT86 kind of like, you know, kind of seats there, but they're very small. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, but, but they were loving it because they were like, it was probably, the, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's so much fun to share the, the passion of the car with people. And because to them, I mean, I can imagine to them, it must have looked like a supercar or something. They'd probably never been in something like that at the time. And they were like, what is this? You know, so they were, they were just giggling and laughing the whole way. And, you know, it was, it was hilarious, you know, but it had, it, it really did used to have a great impact on people, it, you know, just its presence and its style and, and the sort of charisma and aura that it had, it, it always used to have a great impact on people. That's awesome. It's ace to hear that, yeah, there's such a positive story about it. It's really exciting that, you know, that it was you know, part of your job and it you know, really had that, that impact you know, in terms of the story behind this car. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and I think that, you know, it, it's part of the ownership experience, you know, and I think that, you know, if a car uses that level of charisma, and it gives you that much pleasure and not only gives you the pleasure, but then you're able to share it, then it's just such a joy. So I remember one time I let my sister drive it. So um, I don't know if you've seen that web page where, where, I, where I sent you the link for that uh, super story. Yeah, yeah. I think there might be a picture there of my sister and my brother with the car as well. And uh, my sister was learning to drive at the time. So stupidly, I put L plates on this thing and, and let, her, let her drive it around the, around the we used to live in Islington in central London at the time. And, uh, and again, this will seem so bizarre to people today. But my Sunday drive, because I used to live in um, uh, just off Old Street in Islington. And my Sunday drive we used to be blasting around central London. You know, because at that time there were no cameras. And it was Sunday, Sunday trading law, so everything was closed. So central yeah. London would be deserted. So I just used to blast around central London um, in this thing. The only place where there was any restriction was obviously the city of London because obviously they had the security there because they had the, uh, the bombings at the time. So one time I let my sister drive it around and uh, we were pulling out of a junction and, and I said, break, break, break. I must have freaked her out because she just went for the accelerator and nearly spun the car. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was quite a bit of power for a car like that. I mean, again, by today, you know, people drive the, the GT86 and they go, oh, 200 horsepower, that's not enough. And I'm like, guys, back in the day, we had 160 horsepower in this thing, and it was plenty. <laughs> I, I, I think the G, I, I love the G, G86. So me too. Yeah, great car. I think it's a, it's you know it's got an, uh, for me it's enough power. It's fun. It's you know it's and it's a proper driver's car. That's what that's what I really love about it. So we did um, when the car came out a few years ago. I was in, in in the UAE, and we did a very special video, which is still live. If you go over to if you do a Google, if you do a search on YouTube for motoring Middle East, you'll find it there. We, just, we had an idea on, on, the, uh, on, on Motoring Middle East that we wanted to do an on-road, off-road kind of race, you know? So, so my, my, my colleague at the time was a big off-roading fan. So um, he used to just love going off-road every weekend. So the idea was that if you went from point to point, if you went across the desert as the crow flies, would that be quicker uh, considering that you have to negotiate the sand dunes and everything? Or would it be quicker to take the road route? So we actually did a video where we put um, uh, uh, an, a GT86 up against an FJ Cruiser. 
So it was him in the FJ Cruiser blasting across the dunes and, and me in the, uh, in the, in the uh, GT86 going across the road. Um, and we ended up with a fantastic video at the end of it. I won't say which one of us won because you know, go over and watch the video. Um, but it was, it was absolutely hilarious and it was brilliant. We actually had a crew. We had, a, we, had, we, had, we, had, we had a decent budget at the time to do this video. And we had a crew of about 15 people um, that we'd uh, flew, flown over from Turkey. They were, they were the team that do the Red Bull videos for the Middle East. So they were pretty, pretty good. We had two film units filming separately um, over uh, because there was the off-road unit and the, and the road unit. Uh, and we filmed it over three days. We, I mean, when you watch it, it looks like it's one race done in you know, about half an hour. But we actually filmed it over three days. And we had backup cars for each car. So each car actually had liveries done specifically for this video. They had, they had a special, they had a, a TRD liveries done for the car, plus our logo and the local Toyota dealer's logo, logo on it as well. Um, and they had identical cars made to look like those just in case we had any mishap. You know, uh, particularly, we were particularly worried about the off-roading thing because in off-roading, that can happen. It's not actually unheard of to come over a dune a bit wrong and end up rolling a car or something like that, you know. We're so, there's plenty of YouTube videos of that kind of thing, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, just Google it. Just look it up and you'll find tons of situations like that. I mean, I just, just a friend of mine uh, shared a video this morning of a pickup truck trying to, uh, trying to uh, upright a, a G-Wagon. Unfortunately, they used a little bit too much uh, power and they managed to flip it over to its other side. So that, <laughs> so that didn't go to plan. But, uh, but anyway, so just in case, we had backups for the cars because we knew we were going to be ragging these cars. You know. uh, the irony was that we never ended up needing the backup cars. We were, but the, my, 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 my partner was a great off-road driver. And, uh, yeah. and um, so, he, so he was fine. But the backup car that was just hanging around, the backup FJ Cruiser, the, the guy from the Toyota dealer decided that he was going to go out and have a go in it and take his friends out and stuff like that. And he ended up crashing that car. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, we, had a so we had a little bit of damage to the backup car, but that was fine. But we never actually needed it, so it was fine. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, that was good fun. And that, that, that GT86, that, it is a very good car. It's just a great driver's car. People... Oh, you know, the, I, I always hear this pet moan, oh, it hasn't got enough power. I'm like, no, no, it has just the right amount of power for that chassis. That's what that car is. Yes. And, and it's not, people think, oh, well, it hasn't got enough power to drift. Well, because there's two types of drifting, you see. There's the Japanese uh, method of drifting, and then there's the sort of world method or the American method, if you like. And the world method, the American method, is power. So basically, you just put a really powerful, inevitably a 2JZ engine in there, and you pump it up to 800, 900 horsepower, whatever, and you've got loads of power. So you can drift it on power. But if you go back to uh, sort of the, uh, uh, what was the initial D? Remember initial D? It, you, it, you must know initial D. Well, I, I know mainly because there's a Hot Wheels version <laughs> of, yeah. of, of the car. So I'm, I, I think I'm yeah. definitely the Hot Wheels version. So. Yeah, so that was a whole cartoon, a whole manga comic series. And, uh, the whole, and that whole genre comes from the idea that it's a lightweight car. He hasn't got any power, but he does this hill route every night, you know, and he drifts it, and he drifts it purely on balance and on momentum and on weight, you know? And, and, and I think that's the art of the original Japanese style of drifting is it's not done on power. It's done on the actual how they balance the momentum of the car. So somebody who knows what they're doing can drift the uh, GT86 in a standard form 
but they just need to know how to be able to balance the weight and the momentum. Um, so for that, so, but if you want a drifter, you can, but it's not necessarily a drift car. It's just a great sports car and it's just great fun to drive. And, and I guess, yeah, coming right up to date, you've now, yeah, now, yeah, now got the, the, the GR Yaris and I, I presume yeah. you've been behind the wheel of one and, and, and had a, had a no, go. No, no, I'm looking, no, I'm looking forward to that. I, I need to get onto Toyota press office to see if I can book a slot with that car. Um, but, um, but yeah, no, I've heard so many good things about it. It's got me, honestly, it's got me salivating, you know, cause we need, we need cars like that. You know, we need cars that suddenly come along and surprise everyone. And everybody's like, damn, that's much better than I ever thought it would be, you know? And, 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 and yeah, I can't wait to have a go in that. Definitely. You've given the, the standard new Yaris, haven't you? The, the, the yeah, I, I reviewed, yeah, I reviewed that recently. Yeah. Really good car. I put a video up. So check that out again. Just go to Brown Car Guy. If anybody's watching this, they can see the logo on my hat behind me. So just if you search for Brown Car Guy on YouTube, you'll find my recent reviews, which includes the Yaris. And yeah, it's, it's a wonderful little car. I mean, again, Yaris is, I've driven pretty much most of them. I ran a, a, a Yaris long term in, uh, in the UAE. The new Yaris, I think it's kind of, it's grown up a little bit. And what I mean by grown up, I don't mean it's got bigger. I just mean that in the sense that when you're sitting in it, it really feels very car-like. So unlike uh, old Yaris's, where you're kind of sitting upright and you can tell immediately that it's a small car, the latest Yaris feels very comfortable. It feels very, very refined and sophisticated. So I think what they did is they just said, well, the Yaris is a great car. We don't really need to mess with it. What we need to do is make it look better and make it more comfortable to sit in. And I think that's what they've done. So I, I think it's a fantastic car. And with that new GR, I think that they've just put a halo car above it and gone, look, this is what we can do. I love it. I love it when manufacturers like Toyota, which frankly have the budget and the resources to do these things, like they used to do in the 80s with the car that you're drawing, just flex their muscles every now and say, look, this is what we can do. You know, we can come up with a Celica. We can come up with a Supra. You know, we can come up with an MR2. You know, we can just do it. We can create, you know, I mean, the MR2 is such an amazing car, if you think about it. It, it pretty much copied the formula, the Fiat X19, but created a mini, a mini Ferrari for the people, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so in terms of, um, yeah, how, how's it, how, yeah, oh, yeah, since we last spoke, yeah, last time it was like, I think we were in lockdown one and, yeah, things were still kind of working out uh, what was happening. So, in terms of what you've been up to, how, how has kind of press drives and, and launches type of thing. How, how's that gone? Is it, you know, is it kind of COVID safe situations and how, how are you finding it? Yeah, to be honest, it's been a really, uh, just with everybody else and every other industry, it's been a really difficult year. I mean, uh, when the first lockdown happened, it was a bit of a disaster because I had like six or seven press cars immediately got cancelled uh, because obviously people just didn't know what to do with the, uh, during the first lockdown. And they were just like, we don't know how to cope with this scenario. But then um, when it came around to the second and the current lockdown, I think more manufacturers figured out how to do uh, car deliveries in a COVID safe environment. Um, they came up with cleaning regimes and stuff like that. So that's been happening. I attended a launch recently with Citron here locally in the UK at Coventry, and actually in your place, actually in Coventry. And um, you were just ran, I, I, I knew the photo that you that you, you took, I was like, I know exactly where that is. <laughs> so, you know, I, I should have I I should have popped around your place with this little Citroen Amy, because they let me have a go in the Amy. And I, I, took, it, I took it around to see my son, who's also studying in Coventry. Uh, from Parker's, he, uh, he, he dropped me a message. He was like, oh, because Fargo's, you know, closed at the moment, because it's, yeah, it's non-essential retail. So uh -huh. he was like, look, yeah, if you can open the gates, I'll get some photos of, photos of the Amy kind of in a, with a funky backdrop. Yeah. Do that, I was like, absolutely. So, yeah. 
that, that car is wicked. It's a proper cool, cool little electric car, that, isn't it? To be honest, like, I'm not a huge electric car fan, but I totally fell in love with that thing. You know, I just think it's so clever. It's so unique. And it's just such a, it makes you happy, you know? And I like cars that make you happy. I think that's a really, I think that's a really important thing, especially nowadays, you know? We, we need to find things that make us happy. And that car does. But the incredible thing, did you get a chance to sit inside it? No, no. It's inside. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah we have, we have done it at a social distance. So, uh... Right, right, right. Of course. No, it was, it's like a TARDIS inside. It's just that you look at this thing, because I posted a picture and I said, do you think I would fit in this? And most people are like, no, nah, you'll never fit in that thing. <laughs> and, yet, and yet I get into this thing. I could, I could stretch out. It's incredible. It's, it's... But yeah, so we did, we, did the, we did the launch with the C4. Uh, the Citroen Amy video is already up on my YouTube channel. Uh, C4, I probably aim for next weekend, so stand by for that one. And again, yep. it, was a, it was a weird kind of socially distance uh, launch event. Like you say, you know, you had to be COVID safe and stuff like that. I think it'll be a while before we go back to the traditional way of doing things. But, uh, but, you know, stuff needs to be done. You know, cars need to be reviewed. People are buying cars. So, you know, we still need to get on with what we're doing. And the, the dealership that I'm working with, so listeners who are a local, you know, local dealership mm. to the Midlands and kind of, you know, Gloucester area, you know, around here. Um, they were saying that, you know, that, you know, yes, sales are down. However, people are buying cars without even doing test drives. They'll, they'll just buy it. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, uh, so I, I was just, um, just about to put up a, a news video in which I, I have a story about the fact that a car is being sold online in the UK every nine minutes. So every nine minutes, somebody's buying a car at the click of a button. Um, and I think this is the huge migration that's happened compared to before that, you know, we used to say that that will never catch on, you know, buying cars online and stuff like that. But apparently it's caught on in a very big way. And, it, and, and this took me by surprise. People are actually using Apple, Apple Pay to pay for cars, which they're buying online. Can you believe that? Ah, that's, that's mad. <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, I mean... I would always uh, advise that you should physically check out a car before you buy it, you know, unless you're already familiar with the car. The reason being because cars look great, but sometimes when you, especially if you're like my shape, because I'm a weird kind of shape, I'm six foot two with long legs, you know, kind of a gangly frame, you know, and I don't always fit comfortably in all the cars. So it's always worth making sure that you're going to be comfortable in a car because there's nothing worse than buying a car and within a couple of weeks you're like, I just, I'm just not getting comfortable in this or I can't see out of it properly or my family doesn't fit in it or the kids' buggies don't fit in the back. You, know, you just need to be able to check these things and you need to do that physically before you decide to buy a car. However, if you know the car and you know that it's right for you, then yeah, sure, there's no reason not to be able to buy it online because you pretty much know what you're going to get. But yeah, that's a big thing now. Are we seeing the end of showrooms? Don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's going to be, yeah, it's, it's a changeover period, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, my, my dad has, has bought a new uh, new Yaris. He hasn't driven it at all. There wasn't a new wow. Yaris to drive. But, yeah. he, you know, he, yeah, based on reviews and, yeah, people like yourself who, who put out yeah. videos and stuff, he goes, he was like, yeah, that's what I want. That's the... It's interesting because I was having this conversation with somebody the other day and I said that uh, my, my review content, I've seen an increase in that. Uh, compared to all the other, because I do other content like commentary and, you know, uh, old versus new and all this sort of stuff, you know. But the review content has seen a little bit of a pickup. And I think that's because people, like you say, they're researching review content online and basing their buying decisions on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, 
I think, and that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, you know, with yeah, you know, with not being able to to physically go go to places or whatnot. It's going to be down to people like yourself who are doing the driving to go. Actually, yeah, we can kind of judge it by, yeah. by, by what they're talking about. Yeah, and I think people like the aspect of video because with video they can actually see you with the car, so they can see you know the. Uh, if there's a human in the video, you can see the perspective of the human and the car. So you can, if I'm, I always do a scene where I'm sitting in the back seat. You can physically see how I fit there. And I think that people like that because they're able to then make their own judgment based on what they see on screen. They go, yeah, if they see like a six foot two guy fitting in the back of a car, they're like, yeah, okay, I think I can fit in that if he can fit in that. So I think that that video aspect certainly gives people more confidence when it comes to buying cars sight unseen. Uh, but I, th I still think that's a pretty scary prospect, though, to, to put down money on something that you haven't physically seen. But, wow. Good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was, uh, yeah, I, I can't, yeah, I was there to, to kind of, like, go, you know, this is what you, you know. But, yeah. The, yeah, also what it's down to as well is the, how the APRs work on, on yeah. new cars to use. Is that yeah. actually, once you, once you work out all the... Yeah, there was a there was a, a previous Gen Yaris with yeah. not a lot of miles on the clock. Yeah. Uh, but once you put that next to the APR of 0% on a new car, yeah. the overall four year, the four year finance, yeah. actually they work out about I think it was two grand difference. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You might as well go for the new car. Yeah, which basically equates to a few pounds a month. Yeah, I know it's really, really tricky nowadays because in the old days, and again, like I, I, I wonder if I am doing the right thing by quoting the the on the road prices of cars because that's what as reviewers, that's what we do. We just quote the on review on the road price of the car. But the reality is, most people are not buying cars on that basis. They're buying cars on what it will cost them every month. You know, yeah. and, and I think that when you start to look at that, it really spews things because suddenly you look at a car and you go on the road price, it, you know, it's 40, 40, 50 grand or something expensive or 30 grand. And then you go, yeah, but monthly that'll cost you 350 pound or 400 pound. And for a lot of people like, you know, I want that car for 400 pound. I want that car. And you go, oh, OK, so it's a completely different way of looking at it. And like you say, it really skews the whole new and used car market because like, I mean, I used to work at Parker's uh, over here. I launched their website and then I worked on a magazine called Used Car Buyer. So I used to be really big about the used cars. I used to be, that's, you know, I was like, never buy a new car, buy a used car. But honestly speaking, um, I have to, I've had to reassess that, especially in light of exactly what you've said, where sometimes you just think that the finance deal sometimes you get, or the HP or the leasing deal, or, you know, even for some people, the fact that they just give it back at the end of three years or whatever, that's fine because for a lot of people, it means they just upgrade to a newer car and they don't have to worry about the hassle of having to try and sell that car privately. So it's just peace of mind for a lot of people. You end yep. up with a new car, new warranty. You know, what the heck? Why not? You know? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fundamentally shifting the whole way that we buy and own cars. And in fact, even if we own cars. Of course, the pandemic has put a bit of a kibosh on the whole concept of shared ownership, which, again, relating to the Citroen Amy that we were talking about, that kind of car was created not, I mean, you could technically buy it for 6,000 euros, but that car was not created for that purpose. It was created as a kind of shared uh, scheme where you would maybe just subscribe to it or something. You'd pay like 20 euros a month and then just use it as and when you wanted to. Uh, the trouble is that with the pandemic, of course, people don't want to do that anymore because they don't want to share a car with other people because they, everybody wants their own space now. So I don't know if that's going to come back because that was where things were going. So I'm not sure if that's going to come back or not. We'll, we'll have to see. But certainly, I think the ownership, the fact that people can just buy on leasing or higher purchase and then just upgrade to a new car. Yeah, I think that that is definitely how things are going now. 
Uh, and it's kind of sad a little bit because you, then you don't end up with stories like this one, you know, where, you, where I bought that car, you know, on a whim for, 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 for under two grand in a car park outside my office one day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you're just not going to have that kind of, uh, you know, actually, this is a, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, I guess also, you know, cars like this, you know, because they are, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, with, the, with with how combustion engines going and, and the market and yeah. how people interact with cars. If, if if there isn't a generation owning cars, yeah, then actually, if you, you know, in you know, 10, 15, 20 years time, there isn't going to be, because nobody's owned a car or, you know, it's just leased. Yeah. So, Cars will never become classics because they're just leased cars. They're not actually owned, if that makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And it's, and it's more than that. Not only cars will not necessarily become classic cars, but also that whole bond that you create with a car doesn't exist. I mean, I had a bond with that Toyota. You know, I had a bond with the BMW that I bought after that. I had a bond with the little Honda CRX. You know, you create the relationship. I mean, you give these cars personality, you know, I mean, especially as car guys, you, you start to be, I mean, you know, when, that, when, I, when I was told by the MOT people that that car was going to die, that hurt. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, that wasn't just like, it's not like, oh, the fridge is dying. Oh, we'll have to get a new one. So what? Who cares? You know, but when somebody tells you, sorry, mate, your car has had it, that hurts. I mean, that hits you deep, you know? Yeah. You know, and that's because you've developed that relationship with the car. So I think you're right. I think that in the future, I think that's going to be much, much harder um, because cars, it's not that cars aren't going to be good. It's not that they're not going to have the aesthetic appeal. I think that, you know, looking at a lot of stuff that's happening right now, I think cars are going to be beautiful. They are going to have a visual appeal, but it's, it's about the ownership and it's about whether or not you create that relationship and that bond with the car to be able to create, you know, that affection for it. So I, I think it'll be very interesting to see how things go, particularly, like you say, in the era that we're heading into where, you know, it's going to be EV cars pretty much in, in nine years time or, or so they tell us. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how that relationship develops with electric cars. I mean, yes, it, it is funny because as much as I rant and rave against electric cars, but when you get into something like a Citroen Amy and you, you, and you do end up falling in love with it, you go, you know what, maybe there is something here. Maybe you yes. can fall in love with an electric car. I think, I think the difference with that guy is that, yeah, I think that and the Honda E is that yeah. these cars are, are, you know, are finally looking, int yeah. like, they're interesting. They've got a character. Yeah. They're not just, yeah, yeah they're not just a, a fridge. Yeah, they're not yeah. just like, oh, it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's packaged really well. So you kind of go, actually, they're cool. And you, yeah. you, want, you, you, you have that aspiration to own them. I think it, it, it is interesting. Let me put that back to you. Do you, do you look at a car and you go, well, if that's a car that immediately you go, I want to draw that car, does that mean that that car has character? Is that, is that kind of your barometer when you look at these things? Um, for me, I think it's, it's about the, sto like the stories behind it. And like, right. you know, I mean, I'm obviously restoring my Chevette and yeah. the, the story isn't my story of ownership because I've never driven that car. Right. I kind of, my story is that it was my uncle's car that I mm. knew that he was he used to drive all the time and I want to restore you. Know, it's, it's my job to restore yeah. it so that I can drive it back to him and go, look, I've restored your car because to him, it was a dead car. It was like, it wasn't worth putting any more money into where I've gone. Like, actually I want to make this my own car, but also be able to use it because whenever people see it or whenever I post about it, people are like, Oh my God, my parents had that. My grandma. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the story, it's other people's stories about that particular car of that era. Yeah. And the thing is, what an incredible moment 
it's going to be when you do that, when you, when you complete that car and you drive that for the first time. Because like you say, you've never driven it, but you've had this relationship with this car. And that'll be your first time driving it and taking it to your uncle. What a special moment that's going to be. I mean, that, 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 that's going to be a tearjerker right there, isn't it? And, and, and if you think about it, it's like, will, it's a big question. Will we still have these relationships with cars in 20, 30 years times from now, you know? Uh, and, 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 I, and, I, and I'm a bit fearful. I'm a bit fearful. I don't know if, like, if we were doing this 20 years from now, would I have these stories to tell about a car that I bought now or whatever, you know? So, I mean, that's a big question. That's a million-dollar question. I hope so. I hope so, because I think that, you know, designers are able to put character into cars. Like you say, the Honda E and the Citroen Amy are examples of that, that you can do that. And I think that actually electric cars give you even more opportunity because there's so much more that you can do with the body because you don't have to worry about the, the fundamentals of where the mechanics go. You know, because again, it's just not, if you look at the platforms of electric cars, they're basically flat. They just have a motor on each wheel. You've just got to find somewhere to put the battery and done. That's it. So yeah. the rest of the car is up to you. You can design it any way you like. You know, you don't have to be, you know, constrained by, okay, the engine has to go here and the petrol tank has to go here. You, you don't have to do that anymore. So I'm looking forward to when designers really start to flex their, 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 their creative muscles and come up with some really unique shapes and designs. And I, I really want to see that. I want to see, like the Citroen Amy to me is one of those designs. You know, somebody that's going, you know what, let's throw the rule book out and start again. You know, why can't the front of the car be exactly the same as the back? Yeah, why not? <laughs> is it, yeah, the, the, the front and rear were identical, aren't they? They, they, they are the same panel. And it's, done for, and it's done for a reason. It's because it cuts the cots down. You, you only make the one panel. Yeah. So it's bizarre. And That's why it's got the suicide door on one side and the conventional door on the other side. I said, why is that? He said, because we only do one door panel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, and and that's, that's, that's what the logic is quite, I, I quite like it. Yeah, it's just one yeah. is, yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, that, yeah, that is how the car is done. Right, yeah. so yeah. hopefully we can see Number eight to eight, there, there is you. Oh, <laughs> that is fantastic! Your Supra, uh, back. What, what, what year was it again? That would have been around ninety three, ninety three, ninety four, maybe something like that. Awesome. Well, it's been my God, Madden, you've made me look so Bollywood there. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I now I now watch a lot of Bollywood, so yeah. Oh, I, brilliant! I know how important the lead character looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I hope I hope you're watching plenty of Amitabh movies. <laughs> it's what it's whatever the wife puts on, yeah. And she, All right, well, do, well tell think, her to tell her to get you some Amitabh movies because everybody's like, oh, people are always like, you look like Amitabh Bachchan. So I'm like, okay, because I was a big fan of his. So if you watch his '70s movies, you'll love him. Uh, I mean, the funny thing, I, I, one of the first things I did, I, I knew I'd, I'd, I'd got in with the parents when uh, uh -huh. we went to a, a Bollywood cinema in London somewhere, um, uh -huh. and we were watching this film, and then halfway through it, it just, like, there's an absolute, like, they just cut it, yeah. and the, 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 the kind of the, the, the break where you go and yeah. get the, the, yeah, the interval, the interval, yes, the big interval, <laughs> you know, it's a three-hour movie. <laughs> <There's> no... <laughs> no warning it was a sign a sign just comes up interval listen <laughs> but yeah, yeah we do uh, we do watch quite a lot of them but but it's always yeah i always say to taz that like, before we watch and i'm like 
I know what's going to happen. It's going to be boy meets girl. Yeah, yeah. Boy <laughs> be with girl for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, but they are they are all equally a joy. Yeah, a yeah. joy to watch at the same time. Yeah, no, they're they're all they're all sort of they're all sort of Shakespeare bottled up in three hours. You know, you've got romance, you've got comedy, you've got conflict, all rolled up into one thing. And, and, you know, like there's always you know, and the music is like the star. Like you know, yeah, the, that's it. Star act will always you know the the lead song, the song yeah. for that movie is is yeah yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I could, that's a whole different conversation. I can talk. It is, yeah. I think we could. We, we're we're going gonna to have to recreate a Bollywood sequence one time when I can come up to Coventry. <laughs> well, Bollywood, there'll be like an ex, there'll be an explosion in the background here. Yeah. Like, no reason, there'll just be an explosion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, it's awesome. Good, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat to chat again, chap. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Thank you so and, much. It's been an absolute honor. I mean, to see myself, you know, uh, like that, that's, I mean, my goodness, what an honor. Thank you so much. I'm just, I'm chuffed. Transferred onto the, uh, onto the van. So you'll then be able to spot yourself on the, wow. On, uh, <laughs> you know, back in, back in 93 on that's your it. Supra, where you're about to go off and deliver a load of papers to Central Yeah, London. exactly. <laughs> a journalist on a mission. There you go. <laughs> And you had pop-up headlights. What else do oh, you need? Seriously, what more do you need in life? Pop-up headlights. That's it. That's it. End more, of. More cars need pop-up headlights. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> uh, it was the it was the the, the one that followed. So we've done. You got the MR2 there. With, yeah. That's pop-up lights. Yeah. Um, and Brilliant. Then another one. Yeah, we've got another one coming up at midday. So uh, that's going to be really cool as well. So thank you so much. Um, My pleasure. We'll catch up properly. And uh, yeah, if you are. Oh yeah, hopefully when this kind of lockdown lifts and you find yourself back in Culve, yeah, yeah. you're welcome for a for a, a biscuits and tea, and we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll pop a, pop on a Bollywood movie maybe as well. Definitely, I will take you up on that because I am up in Coventry quite often because my son studies up there. So yeah, definitely hope to see you soon. But yeah, once again, I am so honoured. Thank you so much for doing this. This is fantastic. I'm, I just love it. No worries, mate. Well, I'll, I'll get this photographed and I'll, I'll, <laughs> on the internet's ASAP. Awesome. Uh, and we'll uh, and we'll and we'll speak soon. Thank you, man. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Yeah, there is the end product. Thank you very much for watching, everybody. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that video. If you did, please hit the like button and try to leave a comment. That would be awesome. Make sure that you're subscribing, of course. That's to youtube.com forward slash browncarguy and hit that bell notification icon so you don't miss any of my videos. Whilst you're at it, also follow my blog, browncarguy.com. And of course, follow me on social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even TikTok. Just search for my hashtag, of course, hashtag browncarguy. Hey, if you enjoy my content, then you know what? You could sponsor it and you can do that at patreon.com forward slash brown car guy and join these wonderful people scrolling up on the screen right now your name could also be here along with Muhammad Ali Humaid, Patra Sinivasan, Tom Conway Gordon, Isaac Beauchard, uh, Raza Adil, Muhammad Qasim, Siraj Abbasi and of course Mark Waddell. Go to patreon.com forward slash brown car guy it's from as little as two pounds two dollars a month price of a coffee hey guys buy me a coffee why not if you enjoy my content if you can't do that make sure you're continuing to like comment share and subscribe and i'll see you in the next video